If you will take your copy of God's Word and turn with us this morning to Matthew chapter number 12. As you know, hopefully over the past 14 years you have picked up on the fact that that I preach expositionally through the Word of God, occasionally topical, but normally we go from passage to passage. It is the only way that I know to fulfill the commandment of my calling, which is to preach the Word. If you preach the Word, you have to preach the Word. Uh, You have to go through the Word. And sometimes you have to preach topical. You have to go to different places in order to deal with certain subjects. But we move verse by verse, word by word, line upon line, precept upon precept, Through the Word of God, that's the only way God's people can know truth. That's the only way we can grow. And the only way we can make application of the entire Word of God. Sometimes in God's providence, and sometimes just merely because we are going through Scripture and it aligns with the calendar, we come across certain subjects that are very fitting for the very day or the time of year in which we are living. That is true again this morning. It's appropriate. And encouraging to me as your pastor on this Mother's Day 2022 to preach from a text that mentions and focuses on the mother of our Lord. There are many passages in the Word of God that magnify the role of the mother. From Eve, the mother of us all, to Rachel, Sarah, all the way through those mothers in the Old Testament to Hannah, the barren womb, and Rachel, and all of those that are mentioned. And in the New Testament, the mother of Timothy we've been looking at on Sunday evenings, Eunice, and then her mother, Lois, and then the mother of our Lord. I want you to follow with me in Matthew 12, 46 through 50, as I want to preach this morning for a few moments a question that Jesus asked, Who is my mother? Verse 46 said, While he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, desiring to speak with him. Then one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother and who are my brethren. And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Unless you think I am lifting this subject of who is my mother out of context, Jesus makes reference to His mother, and the messenger makes reference to Jesus' mother no less than five times in Matthew 12, verse 46 through verse number 50. While there is no specific text in the Bible that deals with a day such as Mother's Day, there are many texts in the Word of God that clarify, define, and oftentimes explain for us the role of the mother. Jesus, in this particular passage, is talking about relationships and who truly is related to Him. Of course, the messenger that came to Jesus in verse number 47, telling Him that Jesus' mother, along with His 
brothers and sisters are outside wanting to speak with Him, He is coming to Jesus and telling Him that. Jesus is going to ask Him a question, Who is my mother? He wants Him to think deeper than just family and earthly relationships. Throughout the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus has declared Himself to be the Messiah, the Son of God. Family is important to Him. Genealogy opens this Gospel of Matthew, proving to us that Jesus has come into this world through the lineage of David. The Holy Spirit in Matthew is careful to record for us that Jesus did not have an earthly father. He did not have an earthly biological father. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit, and yet Mary was His earthly mother that gave birth and brought Him into the world to be one among us. Jesus, after the preaching of John Baptist, began to minister and prove that He was the Son of God. His mighty power, His miraculous works are recorded throughout the pages of God's Word. And Then we come to chapters 11 and 12 of Matthew where that is to be challenged and how men respond to who Jesus is proving Himself to be. And especially here in Matthew chapter 12, the opposition and hatred of the Jewish leaders has reached a boiling point. They accuse Jesus' disciples of violating the Sabbath day. They hold a council how they might destroy Him. From that point, they accuse Him of doing His mighty works through the power of Satan himself. And then on the heels of that, they ask Him for another sign. Give us some sign to prove that you are who you say you are, as if all the things He had already done was not proof enough. Jesus tells them there will be no other sign except that of Jonah the prophet, which was symbolic of our Lord's resurrection from the dead. And then this whole thing just kindly climaxes as Jesus has been teaching about all of these things and then illustrates it about a house that uh, empties itself of uh, evil oppression, but yet it doesn't fill up it with anything, and so the evil becomes worse. It is while He is teaching that and while they are listening that standing outside somewhere is His mother Mary and His brothers and sister. They are there. They have come to this occasion and to this situation. And so one eventually gets word to Jesus that Mary is outside along with our Lord's brethren, and they want to speak with Him. Jesus takes that occasion to ask these two questions. He said, Who is my mother? And who are my brethren? You say that my mother is out here, and my brothers and sister maybe is out here as well. Jesus said, Who is my mother? Now our Lord is not saying that He did not know who Mary was physically. That's not what He's saying. He is not saying that He did not know physically or the names of His actual brothers that were born after He came in the world to Joseph and to Mary. He knew them by name. If I were to ask you this morning, those of you that are here that have your mother sitting with you or beside you, and I was to bring her along with several other women up here to the front and say, Now, who is your mother? You would have no difficulty identifying that individual because we know that you know them. 
Jesus is not saying that. He is wanting those listening to Him to go deeper and to understand that our physical relationships in life, while given to us by God, blessed by God, and we are taught by God in the commandments to honor those relationships, Jesus wants us and them to know that there is a deeper relationship that carries a far greater weight in regard to spiritual matters. Every earthly mother will arrive and then depart. Every earthly son or daughter will live and they will die. Earthly families come and earthly families go. But Jesus has come to bring the gospel and to bring hope for the family of God, for the kingdom of God. How are we in this earthly world? We were born into it through our mothers. How are we in the family of God? We are born again by the grace of God, by the power of God, into a royal family, into an eternal family that will live forever and forever. Look with me for a moment, if you will, at Jesus' earthly family, as Matthew describes it in verse number 46. Now, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the world. After God created the world, God created man, and from man God created woman. He took woman from the side of man. And then God created a garden that we call Eden. It's called Eden in the Word of God. And God placed man and woman inside that garden. And then Adam and Eve bore children, Cain and Abel. And the first family was here upon the earth. So God created the world. God created man. God took man and created woman out of man. Out of the natural process, God brought about Cain and Abel as He planned for life to come into this world. And the first family is there residing in God's creation. Man and woman, male and female, children born to the male and the female. Children born, both young men as they first came, and then sister born on down the line. And that has been and still is God's original plan, and it's God's continual plan. And the reason that men mess with that, and the reason that men try to redefine that and change that, is they hate the God that designed it. That's the reason they do those kind of things. God made a man and made a man become a husband. And then that husband is husband to a woman who is now his wife. And then that man and woman come together uh, as God designed and children come. And now man and woman, husband and wife become father and mother. And children become brothers and sisters. And God has the family. Standing here in Matthew 12, 46-49 is some of Jesus' earthly family. They are here. First of all, notice with me the reality of Jesus' family. Yes, our Lord had a physical mother, just as you and I have a physical mother. Joseph, I stress again, was not Jesus' biological father. Mary never knew Joseph sexually until after the birth of Jesus Christ. Joseph was Christ's earthly father. We might call him his stepfather today, or his father by adoption. We may uh, categorize it as that. 
He legitimately claimed Christ claimed, he legitimized Christ's claim to the throne of David because he himself was a descendant of David. Here in Matthew 12, many writers believe Joseph may have already passed away, leaving Mary a widow. If that's true, really it doesn't matter, but if that is the case, then she is standing here, the rightful family of Christ. He is that she is here, she is standing here with her her other children who are brothers and sisters of our Lord. If you're here today with a Roman Catholic background, you may have been taught the perpetual virginity of, of Mary, meaning that Mary always remained a virgin. But that is not taught in the Scripture. It may be taught in Catholicism, but it is not taught in Scripture. Listen to what the crowd said in Mark 6, 3. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? Mark 6, 3, yes, our Lord is standing here, and his family was real. The word brethren here in verse 47 is the Greek word adelphos, meaning born or having come from the same womb. There are places where that word brethren in the Old Testament can refer to cousins, but here it is referring to the brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches that Jesus had brothers and sisters. If you turn over one chapter in Matthew 13, verse 55 and 56 again, it says, Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not the, his mother called Mary and his brethren called James, Joseph, and Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? John 2.12 mentions the same thing. Bottom line, Jesus had a family, just like you and just like me. It was part of His sharing in our physical humanity and our identity. In Hebrews 2.14 it said, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, meaning you and I have flesh and blood, He also Himself likewise took part of the same. He bore the same flesh and blood that you and I did, and His mother, the woman who gave Him birth, is standing there with outside where Jesus is teaching. And His brothers, maybe even a sister, is standing there as well. So the reality of Jesus' family. But that leads me to the next thing I want to mention. Why, why are they there? What's the reason for Jesus' earthly family being there? If you're thinking they came because they loved Him, or they came because they agree with everything He's teaching, that's far from the truth. The text says, however, in verse number 46, that they came there desiring to speak with Him. Some think Mary was just along for the ride, that it was actually His brothers that wanted to talk, but for whatever reason, they are there. Mary is there as He is teaching. Matthew does not tell us what the subject matter was, but listen what Mark says in Mark 3.20, talking about this same thing. And the multitude cometh together again, so that they could not so much as eat bread. And when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him, for they said, He is beside himself. Evidently, Jesus' family has, had heard what the authorities and what the multitudes were saying about Jesus casting out demons by the power of Satan. When they heard that, they are concerned about it. 
And Mark 3.21 says this about his mother and brothers. They went to take charge of him. They went to lay hold on him, for they said, He is out of his mind. The pressure of ministry, whatever. They have said, Jesus, if he's casting out demons by the devil, he's lost his mind. Now that's a very significant charge. Our Lord is over 30 years of age at this point, and his own family thinks he is insane. Even his mother Mary is there. Yes, she kept all those things and pondered them in her heart, but she did not fully understand the Lord Jesus nor the kingdom of God or what was taking place. If you remember at the marriage at the wedding of Cain of Galilee, Mary wanted Jesus to use his miraculous powers in a way, and Jesus in a way maybe that wasn't suitable. And you remember our Lord turned to her and said, What have I to do with thee? You know, what he's saying is, Mary, if I work a miracle, it's not because you're my mother. It's because I'm God's son, and I work this miracle to his glory and to his honor. He reminded Mary there that she was a sinner, just like every other woman and mother who ever lived, and she would have to come to God the same way that everyone else did, and that is, by the way, of the cross. Well, why was it that Jesus' own family would come in this particular situation. We might call this today an intervention. They were coming to carry out an intervention to try to save face or to try to keep things going, as it were. They had spent hours with Him. Mary had held Him. Mary knew some things about Jesus, no doubt that others had never known. And yet, when it comes to this particular occasion, Mary shows us that even she herself does not understand everything that is happening. Maybe she's there as a good mother's instinct would be to protect her son, to kindly shield him from everything being said against him. Every mother in here knows what that is like, but his family is there. Maybe they'd become too familiar with Jesus and failed to listen to what was really being said from the lips of of their own child and their own brother or sister. Maybe they had observed Him and they had looked at Him and listened to Him and maybe they had watched Him. Now there are people who believe Jesus grew up working miracles like if He wanted this, He would just do a miracle and make it happen. If He wanted a second sandwich at lunch, He'd just snap His fingers and make it happen. That's not recorded in the Word of God, and that's not possible because John 2 tells us when He did the miracle at Cain of Galilee, read your Bible, this is the first miracle in which Jesus did. Our Lord did not, whenever uh, Joseph or anybody in the carpenter shop maybe bent a nail, Jesus didn't miraculously straighten out the nail. That's a lot of misconception. But they knew Him, but maybe they'd become so familiar with Him that they didn't understand why he, was, why he was actually here. Maybe we on this Sunday morning have become so familiar with Jesus that we don't really understand or remember why it is we are actually here today. We are actually here to love Him, to serve Him, to honor Him. We are here to bow before Him in saving grace. We are here this morning to worship Him, to lift Him up because He is who He said that He is. He is the great I Am. He liveth forever and forever. But here His brothers and His mother are here, and they're somehow puzzled about what all is happening. Now, if you think His brothers are believers, listen to John 7, 3-5. through 5. 
His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou hast done. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If ye do these things, show thyself to the world, for neither did his brethren believe in him. John is telling us that his own family, had not, his own brothers and sisters raised with him, had not yet believed and trusted in his salvation. Now thank God after the resurrection, a lot of that will change. I thank God for that. But I want to remind each of us here this morning that this is not just about earthly relationships. While you are here this morning to honor a mother, and rightly so, and biblically so, and the Bible tells us how to do that. While we may be thankful and proud of our heritage and our physical families, and well we should if they honor God, the message of the gospel this morning is there is something beyond that. There is something needed more than that, and that is to be in the heavenly kingdom and to be in the heavenly relationship. That is that Jesus Christ have those saved like you and like me who will do His will and serve Him and honor Him. But yes, Jesus had an earthly family. It's possible that you and I this morning have become so familiar and so knowledgeable about Jesus that we're blind to what we are doing. There's a wrong kind of familiarity. When our relationship with Christ is nothing more than coming to church occasionally, or marking time on a calendar when we do come to church, then we are missing who Jesus is. And that is why Jesus asked this question, and that is why He makes this stunning communication here, this stunning correction to what the messenger said. The messenger came with a word of communication. Your mother and brother want to see you. And Jesus corrected that communication, and He said, Who is my mother? Who is really in a relationship with me? Who is really kin to me? He said, it is only those people who do the will of my Father who are saved by God's amazing grace. Perhaps Mary and her sons and daughters, Jesus' brothers, believed that the kingdom of God would come and maybe somehow Jesus would do something with them and take them into that kingdom. They had trouble with that kingdom. If you remember, as they're nearing Calvary, do you remember... The disciples, some of Jesus' own kin, are arguing about who's going to be the greatest. You know, am I going to get to sit here? I, people had a lot of confusion, a lot of misunderstanding because they had not listened to the kingdom of God. And there's a lot of confusion today. Some people think they go to heaven because their mother was a Christian. You don't go to heaven because your mother was a Christian. You don't go to heaven because you were raised in a Christian family. You don't go to heaven because all your life you have carried a King James Bible. You don't go to heaven because all your life you were raised in the old time way. Or that you have been in the same church doing the same thing. All of those things may be good and proper in their place. But the only way you enter into God's kingdom is through doing the will of the Father. And it's the will of the Father that if you're a sinner today, that you repent of unbelief, call on the name of the Lord... And ask Him to save you and give you eternal life. Jesus' earthly family. Look with me secondly at Jesus' kingdom family. In verse 47, Then one said to him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. I don't think that was done in any way intimidating. I think this is the natural thing. 
word passed by mouth from one down to the other. Jesus' mother's out here. And word got to a messenger who was close enough to Jesus teaching that he said to him very politely, your mother and brother are out here and they want to they see you. If someone come in here today and told you that your mother or your family or a brother is standing outside here, he wants to see you a minute, I mean, that's just natural. That's just normal. But then Jesus shocks everything. He's answered and said unto him. He looked at the messenger and he said, Who is my mother? And who are my brethren? And you can imagine the silence of the hush that came over everything. And then our Lord looked at His disciples. He stretched His hand forth toward those disciples that had chosen to follow Him after His call. And He said, Behold, or look, I know Mary is standing out here. I know Mary is my earthly mother. My biological brothers and sisters that came from Joseph and Mary after my birth, they are stand- I know that. That's my earthly family. I want you to see who my kingdom family is. I want you to see who the royal family is. It is not those that share the bloodline we have physically. It is not those who are mine because of the I'm a Jones or a Smith or, or whatever. That's... Jesus said, these, this is my family, those who have done the will of my Father, those who have done exactly what God has asked them to do. You say, preacher, what is that? Number one, believe on God's Son. That's the first thing that God would have sinners do. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. You remember years later, Peter would come to Jesus, and we'll deal with this text in the future, but he came to Jesus. And they were kindly feeling a little down over something and said to him, you know, Lord, we look around and everybody else has kind of got it made, and we've forsaken houses and lands, and we've done all this and all that, and what will we have there for? And Jesus said, Peter, and to the rest of the men, he said, you'll have a hundredfold blessing by following me and my kingdom. Listen, sitting in here today is some of my blood kin. My sons are here. My wife is here. We are kin by marriage, by God's union of marriage. I have grandchildren here. One of them was crying a little while ago wanting me, but I had to preach. So uh, I've got family here. That's just the way, and many of you have the same. But I want you to look around today at your brothers and sisters that are not your brothers and sisters because we have the same mother and dad. They're your brothers and sisters because we have the same Savior. We have the same Christ. We are brethren. We are Adelphos. We came from the same womb. I've shared this time and time again. If you were to go visit my sister, and don't go today, she's vacating in Charleston celebrating her anniversary. But if you were to go to see where my sister lives, in a place where it's unlawful to hang your clothes outside, on a line, and you can't, you know, you raise your garage door certain times a day, certain other times a day, you have to have those doors down. And you may look at she and I and think, hey, you're whatever, you know. You, you go down to my house at Oak Hill, you may see more than clothes hanging out. 
You may see jumper cables hanging out that I left from last night or yesterday. And the doors may be up. It doesn't matter. But what is it that puts us together? We came from the same womb. That's what makes us kin. It's not what we have on the surface. It's what we have internally. And that's the way it is with the family of God. It is not about lining up with the legalism and the, and the formalism and the ritualism and all the things that we do on the outside. That's not what makes us brother. Oh, he's my brother. He, he does like I do. He, oh, no, no. If he's your brother, he was born from the same womb you were born. And if we be brethren in Christ, we came by the way of the cross. And that's why we're kin. That's why we belong. That's the message Jesus is saying. Who is my mother? Yes, that's my earthly mother. Yes, that's my earthly brothers and sisters. But he said, you want to really know who my family is? It's these. These who, like Matthew, have got up from the seat of customs and took up their cross and followed me. These, like Zacchaeus, who will come down from the sycamore tree, pay his debts, and follow me. Jesus said, these who will lay down their fishing nets and come take up their cross and follow me. Who is your mother? Who is your father? Who is your brethren? Your mother, your biological earthly mother, if she's sitting with you or around you, or if today she's already in heaven and you're embracing memories, be thankful to God for that. Honor those things. Cherish those things. But understand this. There is a higher, greater, more eternal relationship than that. And that is when you do the will of the Father and you come to Christ, take up your cross and follow Him. Don't look at this text and say Jesus is being arrogant here. He's being a smart aleck. He's, he's treating his mother harshly. No, Jesus was not being harsh on his mother. He was not being harsh on his brethren. As Dr. Warren Wiersbe said in his commentary on Matthew on these verses, quote, Jesus was practicing what he preached, end quote. And he was referring to Matthew 10, 37. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth me is not worthy of me. This is, on the earthly calendar, Mother's Day. This is, on the heavenly calendar, the Lord's Day. We honor people that we love as we are commanded in the Word of God, in the commandment of God. Honor thy father and thy mother, not just on a day, but every day. But high and above all of this is our Savior. High above all of this is our Lord. And that's what Jesus is saying. Thank God for Mary that stood outside. Thank God for His brothers and sisters that he loved dearly. But he said this is about the kingdom of God and this is about saving grace. Do you see the priority of Jesus here? The kingdom of heaven comes first above any earthly commitment. Husband, wife, father, mother, son, daughter, brother, sister, all of these are less and lower than our relationship to Christ. If you're here today to honor your earthly mother and you're not a Christian, You've never been saved. Or you profess to be a Christian and you have, you have been a long time since you have really taken seriously your commitment to Christ. 
your earthly mother, if she is a Christian, would much rather see you saved and living for Christ than sitting here with her today. That is an absolute fact. If your mother is a Christian, she would rather know that you are saved and living for Christ than any gift you could lavish upon her. Because that is what Jesus is teaching. With that said, we must never minimize the respect. We must never minimize honor that we give our mother, our father, our parents, any of our earthly relationships. Jesus repeated the fifth commandment in Matthew 19, 19. Honor thy father and mother. Family and having heritage is a blessing. But I want to remind you, heritage and family was that was priority to the Jews. And so for Jesus to say what He's saying, brother, He was really touching a nerve because they were really, really particular about who they were, their names, and where they came from. But Jesus wanted them to know it's not enough to be born physically, nor to just honor that. And He wants us to know that it's not enough to have a Christian mother, father, grandparent, Thank God if you do, but it's not enough. Preacher, what is enough? Verse 50, Whosoever, oh, what an invitation, Whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and my mother. Same is my sister, my brother, and my mother. Preacher, what is God's will? We could preach all day on that, but here's the one I want to leave with you. The salvation of lost souls. For one thing, that's the main thing. Listen, the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us, it is God's will that all men come to the knowledge of salvation through faith in Christ. Now that's not universalism. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to be saved. God loved the world, John 3, 16. Christ died for the world, 1 John 2, 2, 1 John 4, 14. Christ died on the cross that He might draw all men to salvation, John 12, 32. That does not mean all men without exception, for certainly the whole world is not going to come to Christ. Every single person is not going to come to Christ. It means all people without distinction. Do you know that every person in this world has a mother without distinction rich poor white yellow black red whatever the all all people have a mother without distinction our savior didn't come to die just for the middle class white people in america he came to die for men without distinction and that's what christ is saying that is the father's will that whosoever will do his will. Preacher, what do I need to do this morning? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. The Bible said in Luke eleven twenty seven, and it came to pass as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Now Jesus is teaching here, and this woman is going to magnify his mother. She's go there's going to be praise to Mary. Here's what this, this woman lifted up her voice and said in, in Luke eleven twenty seven, 27. Blessed is the womb that bare thee, 
Talking about Jesus. And the paps which thou hast sucked. Listen to Jesus' response. But he said, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Do you hear what our Lord is saying? If you leave her today and say, You wouldn't believe what our preacher said on Mother's Day. It's not what your preacher said on Mother's Day. It's what your Lord said on Mother's Day. He said, this is my mother and my brethren. And he said, it's all right for you to say, thanks God for Mary that brought Jesus in the world and that nursed him at her breast. But he said, it's more blessed when a man hears the word of God and believes it, and obeys it. Who is Jesus' mother? Physically? Mary. Who is His mother and brethren spiritually? Whoever among this congregation, and all of those who hear His word, whoever will do the will of the Father, whoever will receive His message, repent of their sin and unbelief, call upon Him for salvation, take up their cross, and follow Jesus. That is who belongs to His family. I'm going to ask John to come. We're going to stand and sing before we're dismissed in prayer this morning. And I want to mention again, if I had a picture of your mother, for those of you whose mothers have passed away, or if your actual mother was here today, as I said in the beginning, and I had her come up here and stand, and then beside the picture of your mother, those of you that have mothers that have already passed away, I placed a dozen other pictures of other mothers or placed other women beside your earthly mother. Would you have any trouble pointing out to me who your mother really is or was? Would you have any, I don't think anybody would have any trouble with that. Well, what if I ask you today what it is to be related to Jesus? If I ask you today, could you point out, could you pick out, could you tell me what it is to be a member of His family and a member of His kingdom? Would you struggle to come up with an answer? You shouldn't, because Jesus just made it so plain. Whosoever does the will of my Father, He is my relative. He belongs to me, and He belongs to the kingdom. It comes down to this. Are you doing His will? Are you obeying His word? Have you taken up your cross, and are you following Him? If not, then all you have is an earthly relationship that may serve the purposes you're looking for for a while. But one day all of that will return to dust and to be fading from memory. But thank God if you know Him today, there is eternal life and eternal hope. If you don't know Him today, call out unto Him. Cry out unto Him. Find a place of repentance somewhere before this day is done. Here, now, this evening, later, whenever. Find a place where you too can be a part of God's family. And He said, He that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Let's stand and sing together. What number, John?